Good morning. Uh, there is a trailer in the backyard or in the back parking lot. If you hit it, you're on your own. I need to make that disclaimer because somebody hit it the other night, called me. I think they were trying to sue me, uh, but they didn't. Oh, Hannah, how you doing? <laughs> I didn't see you there. <laughs> Take your Bibles go to Genesis chapter 22. But no, I parked it there to get a refrigerator off. Then I had my refrigerator dilemma inside. And then, uh, when, and then I get home and Amy calls and tells me that Hannah hit the trailer. And I'm imagining this refrigerator laying in the parking lot out there all smashed up. I said, man, you got the first one. I said, now you're going to get the second one. Uh, but it, it didn't come off the trailer. It's still there. Uh, Genesis chapter 22. Father, thank you again for your blessings this morning. Thank you for everybody got here safely. I do pray again for those coming, uh, that, uh, Lord, that they can get here safely, uh, get in and out of the parking lot, Lord, and uh, that you just protect them. And, and those that are at home, Lord, I pray that you uh, take care of them. Lord, it's just a blessing to be in church on Sunday morning. It's a blessing to even have a church to go to. And, Lord, thank you most of all for our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a Bible that you've given us that uh, we can know what the truth is. Uh, Lord, you said that you can know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Lord, thank you for that. Bless now, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis, uh, last week I was uh, cruising through here, and well, I wasn't really cruising, uh, but I'll tell you what, Gen this is a great passage. Uh, Abraham is up on the side of a mountain, that's where we're at in 22. The uh, Lord told him to take his, his child up there, his only son Isaac. Uh, I mentioned Ishmael wasn't even considered in this, in this uh, talking here about Isaac. Uh, when he said your son, your only son, he's talking about a lineage uh, in his plan, in his mind, the way this thing is going to lay out, nobody else is involved in this. He doesn't care about nobody else. Uh, that goes to tell you, when it comes to Jesus Christ, the Lord only cares about his, his son. Uh, the number one thing about this thing is his son, his son. Uh, there's things going on all over the planet. People say, well, why did he, he kill everybody in Noah's day? Because they had an issue with his son. You have an issue with his son, and you're going to have a problem one day. The best thing to do is always solve that problem. Is, I like it, man. 1980 on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, I solved that problem. I have no issues with Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I remember when Fritz Biederstadt on the Ponce or the Scott, I got there, and I was reading New American Standard, and, and he said, Mike, it's not a Bible. I didn't get mad at him. Uh, he showed me, it gave me King James. I didn't listen to Fritz. I just started reading the King James. Uh, just like I was reading the New American Standard, except the King James did something that the New American Standard never did, and it talked to me. I talked to my heart, and the more I read that thing, the more I believed it was the Word of God, and eventually the Lord showed me that, hey, this was the Word of God, and I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I was called a Ruckmanite the other day, or, or people call me a Ruckmanite. Uh, that's a person who believes the King James Bible is the Word of God. That's all that is. There was people who, actually, King James thought the King James Bible was the Word of God. So I guess he's a Ruckmanite. He started the whole thing. Uh, he should have should have called it the uh, the Dr. Peter S. Ruckman 1611, and we'd have solved that whole problem back there. But he didn't. Uh, people are really foolish when they come to stuff like that because they always attack on names and stuff of that nature, and they just refuse to believe God sticks something out here. All the person has to do is say, "Lord, is this the word of God?" And and then that puts the responsibility back on the Lord to show you that that thing's the word of God. What we do is we try to go in and say, well, yeah, but the Greek says and the Hebrew says, forget the Greek, forget the Hebrew. Uh, that stuff isn't going to help you one bit. It's just going to confuse matters a little bit more here and there. Uh, Abraham, verse 5, uh, 22, 5. Abraham, it says, and Abraham said unto the young man about here, and he did. Uh, verse 8, it goes, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself. And that's where I want to start right there again. 
and just go from there because, uh, brother, that is probably when you get into this thing, all through your Old Testament, what God is going to show you is who his son is. Uh, go to Proverbs. Proverbs. This is a freebie. It'll cost you down 30. It might be 31. Proverbs 30. You know, you'll read your Bible, which is strange. You'll read that thing. If you go to it for something from the Lord, he'll give you something. If you don't go to it for the Lord, if you just go to it to just read and, yeah, I'm going to get through it. Uh, I mean, it's, most people take this verse and they'll say, well, Proverbs was written uh, uh, by Solomon to his son. And he's, he's sitting there trying to talk. Uh, that's Proverbs 28, 29, 30. Proverbs 30. Probably 31. Probably not 31. Oh, yeah, it is 30. Uh, verse, verse, uh, let's just, we'll just look at verse four. It says, uh, who hath ascended up into heaven or descended? Who hath gathered the winds in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? Uh, that was God. It had to be God. It says, what is his, his son's name? What is his name? And what is his son's name if thou canst tell? Uh, that cannot be Solomon and his son. It's impossible. There's no possible way. Because, number one, Solomon didn't ascend uh, to heaven. He didn't come down. He didn't uh, establish the balance. He didn't do any of that stuff. So it could be either, either one of those. It has to be Jesus Christ. His son's name is Jesus Christ. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his son's name. So you can never, nobody can ever take the place of Jesus Christ. But what God does for us a lot of times is he places the Lord Jesus Christ in our life in a way that you have to let other things go off to the wayside and, and elevate Jesus Christ in your life. Uh, our life, the whole life, it's not something you do uh, immediately. It's, I, I got saved on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky in 1980. I did not know what was going to happen to me for the next 43 years. I would have had no idea that all the stuff happened to me that would have happened to me, but it did. And what I did was I just said, hey, I'm going to start following this path. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of that stuff in the morning message, but there's a path down through there that, that God's got worked out for each and every one of us. And if you start going down that path, what you'll find is it's an exciting path. I mean, you're talking about a path. I can't even, there's no possible way any one person could tell somebody else what to do. I am learning that right now that I can't tell anybody what to do. I can't tell you, uh, you come and say, well, should I do this? What's the Lord say? Do you have peace about it? That's all I can say. I mean, it's, I can't tell you because that path is dictated. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean on unto thy own understanding, thy understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I can't direct your path. That's why I tell you to read the Bible. People say, well, why should I read the Bible? So you'll know which way to turn. Oh, let me ask you a question. These stupid phones, man. You go somewhere you don't know where yet. Do you put it in there and get the GPS? Well, aren't you glad you got this instead of the uh, old map? You have to get an old map, and you, that map would have to be updated about every 15 minutes anymore by the way they change the streets. John, or Genesis, back to Genesis. Genesis verse 18. Abraham said, my son. Abraham's talking to his son. His son's got some valid questions here. We come up to the side of the mountain, and, and he goes, he goes, my son. Uh, Isaac, verse 7 says, Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, my father. I mean, Isaac loved his dad. Isaac never did anything that his dad, you never hear Isaac say a negative plus or minus to his dad. Uh, he's, he's questioning his dad because he just doesn't understand some things. There's nothing wrong. I've heard people say, well, it's probably a foolish question. Yeah, it's never a foolish question. Every question is a valid question. Once you get, even if it, it, it might be, uh, 
it, it might be a very menial or small thing, but to you, that could be a very important key to putting some other things in the right place. So no question is the wrong question. Uh, people laugh at you because you ask a question, let them laugh. They used to laugh at me all the time, don't care. Uh, there came a day when all their laughing turned around and I flipped around and went on the other side because what I did was I went back to the basics, got my foundations the way they needed to be, so I understood that foundation and then I could start building upon that foundation, which they never did. And once after a while, you leave, you leave that. You know, other people watch you and they see that. They will watch and say, hey, this, this person knows or this person doesn't know. This person speaks words, words, words. The other person can speak words and do it. I was talking to somebody yesterday about the, oh, man, I better watch what I say. I couldn't have a whole parking lot full of people, but a, a particular motorcycle group. Uh, I said, and this guy was in his shop saying what he, I'm one of these on this motorcycle group. And uh, so I, I had to go back up here Friday, and I was talking to him again. I said, you know that guy that was in here the other day bragging about being in this motorcycle group? I said, you know, if, if you were really that, I said, you, you never had to brag about being in that motorcycle. You never had to brag about being that. I said, Navy SEALs. I said, Army Rangers never bragged really about being Army Rangers. They just killed you. I said, that's, that, that's just what they do. They don't have to tell you that's what they are. They're trained for that. But anybody who goes around constantly saying, I'm this, I, well, I'm a sailor. I, I do that a lot, too. Maybe, maybe there's a problem there. <laughs> maybe I should stop and think about that. <laughs> I'm not a sailor anymore, though. But if I was telling you as a sailor, I never went out to sea. I mean, it's, this guy was cussing and doing all this other stuff. I, said, I told the guy, I said, he doesn't need, need to do any of that trash. That's just filth. That's just trying to tell everybody, out, look how bad. I said, that makes me think the guy's a sissy. Just a, just a wimp is what that makes me think. Because you got to show, you got to blurt this stuff out. Uh, he told me, he told me a story. He goes, they had some kind of meeting over in Columbus. And to get inside, they had like the fairgrounds rented off, but to get inside, this particular motorcycle group was invited there so their, their people could walk in. And he goes, Mike, he said, this one guy came in. He goes, I was standing at the gate uh, letting people in and out. And he goes, they were serving beer and all that other stuff. And he goes, That's, I said, I, I quit doing that. I'm out of the group now. But he goes, this guy comes up, and he's just dressed like a normal, everyday person. And he said, to get in there, you had to have a little wristband. And that wristband told you who you were. He walked up to the gate and he says, I'm coming in. He goes, no, you're not. He goes, he goes, I'm coming in. He goes, no, you're not. He goes, he said, I am coming in. He goes, no, you're not. He goes, you better call some people to stop me from coming in because I'm coming in. So he calls a bunch of other people over and he finds out he's part of this motorcycle group. He goes, why don't you have their colors on? He goes, I don't have to tell you who I am. He goes, I am who I am and I don't have to prove to you nothing. I said, now that's a man. Brother, you know what Isaac is sitting there looking at? He's looking at his dad. His dad don't have to prove to him anything. His dad's already proved to him that he loved God. That wasn't even the question here. The question is, is here's the wood, verse 7, and he spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, and, but where is the, the lamb for the burnt offering? Uh, he's, he's, he says, Something's got to be offered here. Something's got to be given for this. It's a good question. It's a good question. If you don't have it, where are you going to get it? Uh, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. And I mentioned that last time about how all the new versions changed that around uh, to, to say something other than what it said. The ESV NSB says God will provide for himself. No, he said he would provide himself. Uh, there's a, you know, you throw the word for in there, and that little three-letter word changes the meaning of the whole sentence. Uh, Abraham the NIV says uh, God will provide 
the lamb for the burnt offering. No, God will provide himself a lamb. What that does is it gives you the perfect picture of Jesus Christ. Moses was not allowed to go in the promised land because he hit a rock with a stick. That's all he did was he hit a rock with a stick. You say, well, what does that matter? God said, this is how important Jesus Christ is in your Bible. God told Moses the first time that people come out of Egypt and they're belly aching. There ain't no water out in the desert. You belly ache? Are you a belly aker? Uh, anyways, uh, so he goes, Moses hit the rock. So Moses takes the staff, goes over and hits the rock. Water comes out of the rock, enough to feed or, or to satisfy two million people. Uh, enough water. I mean, you're talking to a river coming out of that rock. The next time they complain, he says, go up and speak to the rock. And Moses went up and hit that rock again with his stick. And the Lord said, because you just hit that rock, you're not going to the promised land. That's, now, this is Moses. This ain't you. This is not me and you. This is Moses. This is Moses. Uh, no slack. No nothing. You hit that rock twice. Everybody says, well, why, did you, why did you get so mad? Because I hit the rock. Number one, the first time Jesus Christ went to the cross for me, he died on the Calvary, and I smote him on Calvary. That was my sins put him on that cross. The next time, I just have to speak to him. I don't have to hit him again. Moses hit him and destroyed a perfect type in the Bible. Or it wasn't, he didn't destroy it. It's listed here that he did it, so we know exactly what happened. But what he did was, Lord wanted a type of Jesus Christ. The, the rock, is my rock is Jesus Christ. I don't know who yours is, but I know who mine is. Uh, my rock, he says, their rock is not our rock. So there's some people who have a rock that isn't the right rock. My rock is Jesus Christ. And that first time that rock was hit, that was me placing him on Calvary. I never, you want a picture of salvation, there it is. I never have to hit that rock again. I never have to go to Calvary again for my salvation. I get it one time, I'm done, I'm finished. But the, for the rest of my life, I can talk to, the, talk to the Lord. I can talk to that rock and get, get what I need. I need the water of life. So he tells the lady over there in John, he goes, if you'd asked me, I'd give you uh, living water. You know where you get the water? You just ask. And he gives it to you. Anyways, back to this. So he, he, they sit there and try to say that. So uh, this is the third time I mentioned this, that the lamb is mentioned in the Bible. He appears first at the original sin. Uh, Adam and Eve are covered. They sin. They get covered uh, by a lamb. Uh, the lamb, again, is the atonement blood for sin in Genesis 4.4. Abel uh, is told to uh, offer a lamb. And now you get this lamb right here. So uh, we're down in verse 9 now. Uh, well, John 1, 19, uh, 29 says this, The next day John seeth Jesus coming and says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. A, you could never, and I'm going to talk about some of that here in a minute, we could never, no one can, can provide the offering required to get by God. You can't do it. Uh, I'm telling you, brother, there's some, some things uh, in our lives that we need to really just turn over to the Lord and be done with it. Uh, you cannot get yourself to heaven. You cannot do it. It, it cannot be done. There isn't a church on the face of this planet that can get you into heaven. I talk to my mom all the time. She's a Catholic. Uh, she's so mad at the Pope right now, she can, she can hardly breathe. Uh, she's, I mean, she gets ticked off all the time. I'm like, why are you still a Catholic? She goes, well, I said, the Catholic church is the Pope. The Pope is the church. The leaders in your church are the, that is the church. The church is full of people, but the leadership of the church, that's your guiding light. So if they're wrong, the church is wrong. I said, what are you doing there? And she gets all mad at me and click, hangs the phone up. I don't care, really. Uh, I, I, I'm, at, I'm at 43 years of this stuff. I could really care less. I run her out of my house. The first, I didn't even mean to. 
I just told her about Jesus, what he did for me, and boys, uh, the front door opens, and away she goes, and it's been that way ever since. She's starting to calm down now. She can, she can actually get through like four or five minutes of conversation before she hangs up on me. She hadn't really hung up on me lately. Danny, my brother, hung up on her, and she told me the other day, she goes, Mike, I know how it feels now to get hung up on. I'm like, yeah, I said, you hang up on me all the time. She goes, man, he, I, see, I said something to him, and he hung up on me. She goes, is that what it's like when I do that to you? I'm like, yep. <laughs> she, she laughed about it. She got through it. But verse 9, it says, it says, and they came to the place which God had told him of. God, God told Abraham exactly where to go. Uh, when he got there, he didn't know exactly where it was, but he said, I'll show you when you get there. And he showed him where it was. And, and Abraham built an altar there and laid in the, the wood in order and bound Isaac. Now, I mentioned this last time. I, that's probably one of the hardest things you could ever do in your life uh, is to sit there. Abraham, Isaac is sitting there letting him do it. Uh, it doesn't say Isaac said yay or nay. It didn't say Isaac was upset about it. Now, you're talking about a perfect son right there. Is Isaac is the perfect type of Jesus Christ. Uh, you hear people say, well, in the New Testament over there, Jesus says uh, uh, he's, he's bleeding drops of blood. He's, he's begging to get out of, of going to the cross. No, he said, Father, uh, if you could, stop it. But if not, let thy will be done. We got to remember that Jesus Christ is, is the reason why he is so important to us is he's not like anybody that was ever on this planet. He has six parts. You and I have three. I have a body, soul, and a spirit. God, God is three, three parts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I heard something that I got the other day was talking about the Trinity. I'm like, Shh. it's the Godhead, the Godhead. The Godhead has three parts, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They're three parts. Man, since he has three parts and God has three parts, there was no way that we could ever get by there because once our spirit was dead, we have a soul that is attached to our body, and we can't get back to him because of the sin. So what he did was he made a God-man that had six parts that came down here, and when he came down here, he's all man and all God in one body, period. That's what he is. So he can take the sins of man and put him upon himself and give us eternal life through this part. And then we can get back to God that part. Brethren, you'll never understand anything totally till you get to heaven, but he's not like us. So to even try to compare him to man is insane. And, and he's all God and all man at the exact same time. It's crazy. You couldn't take his place. There's... There's nobody else on the planet who could take his place. But God is sitting here looking down at Abraham, and he's looking out in the future, and Abraham doesn't know this. This is what I'm going to do, and, and can I find somebody uh, down there that would do for me, what, uh, or even think about doing for me what I'm going to do for him? Uh, our Christianity today is, is weak at best. Uh, something like that. I don't know if I could do that. Uh, Andrew better thank God that he's never asked me to do that. Uh, I'd have to think about that thing. Cassandra might be on my side. Yes, yes, can I help? Can I help? <laughs> but I'm telling you, you got to sometimes, you got to stop and look at that thing and say, Lord, really what, what needs to be done? This isn't something you're going to get day one as a Christian. This, this is stuff that happens to you over a period of years. Abraham didn't get this today. I, I want to make sure that's clear because people come to the Bible and say, oh, I couldn't do that. Well, you stay in this thing for about 40 years and you just might be able to. It wouldn't be this. It'd be something else. It'd be hard. But it wouldn't seem as hard to you at 40 years as it would if you just first got saved. What a lot of people do is they'll hear stuff like that, and then they'll try to apply that to their life today, and they're nowhere near where they need to be for something like that to happen in their lives. You can't just walk up and say, I'm going to take my son up on the side of the mountain, and I'm going to whack him and be done with it. That just don't happen in life. I mean, it's just, 
you can't, you got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, number one, that you know that that's what he's telling you. Uh, people who go on a mission, we have missionaries going to mission field all the time that fail. You know why they fail? Well, i got some good missionaries around here. We support a lot of missionaries. we got them up on the board. we got little lights back here. Uh, but I have, missionary, I'm, I had one come in here. I'm going to go to South America, to the area. And this is a young kid. He doesn't even know how to work yet. And he's going to go to the, over in the area of South America in the jungle where all the drug runners are. I'm like, that's where you're going to go, and that's the last anybody's ever going to see you. And you want me to give you money to get there. I ain't going to do it. Uh, <laughs> what you ought to do is go to a mission out on the east coast of, of uh, South America, like Brazil, someplace like that, and work with a missionary for some time until you get the hang of stuff, and then go from there as you move into it as the Lord leads. But I, I seriously doubt that the Lord is leading you to go to the deepest, darkest jungles of, of Brazil as a, a 18, 19 year old person. I mean, it's just insane. Uh, we got brother Chris Rude and his, some of his kids are here today. He's been in Ukraine for, uh, well, I've been out of school for since 94, so he's over 92, something like that, maybe 91, 92, is that correct? How? 29? So if I was gonna go to Ukraine, you know what I'd do? I'd find somebody like brother Chris Rue or Perry Demopoulos, brother Perry Demopoulos, and I'd go over there and learn the ropes through one of those two guys. Uh, or somebody similar to that, and I would find somebody who knows what's going on so I could keep out of trouble. Uh, you know what's wrong with us is we sit there and think, oh, God, God may be telling you what to do, but he may not be telling you what to do today. It may be years down the road before some of this stuff happens. Abraham wasn't told in Ur of the Chaldees, I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees, and uh, eventually down the road somewhere I'm going to give you a kid, and when I do, I'm going to have you kill him up on top of a mountain. Uh, Abraham would probably never left Ur of the Chaldees. It says, and they came to the place. Uh, the place is clearly revealed. Abraham knew exactly what to do. He laid the wood in order. He's already done that several offerings before. Bound Isaac. That was a rough thing for him probably, even at, at where he was at. Uh, but in the back of his mind, he always knew the Lord said this. That's why you want to read your Bibles, brethren. I'm telling you that this thing right here is the most important thing in your life. You are going to doubt what God said sometimes. You're going to doubt what you should do, but then you got the Word of God sitting right there with you. And you can always go to this thing and say, Lord, is this what you said? And then make sure you understand exactly what it says. Don't just pull a verse out of context, because uh, what you'll do is you'll make a mess out of the things. Uh, people do that all the time. They'll yank a verse out of uh, the soul that sent it, that you'll die. Yeah, you know how many people I hear quote that verse, and they don't even know. First of all, it's an Old Testament verse. And true, in the Old Testament, your soul is tied, tied to your uh, body. The two are, so the soul that sinneth, uh, when you get on a plane, it says we had 500 souls on this plane. They're considering bodies. Your body is attached. Well, in the New Testament, my body is separated from my so, uh, soul, and my soul and spirit are tied together. So this thing doesn't, the soul that sinneth, that thing, do you know once you get saved, you can't sin? Oh, this is once, once saved, always saved. It gets worse than that. I mean, you believe once saved, always saved? I said, it gets worse than that, man. I said, once saved, never sinner again. They look at you like, what? I said, yeah, this, this guy can't sin. Now, this guy can sin all over the place. But this guy right here can never sin. And one day, my flesh drops off, and I absent from the body present of the Lord, and I go to heaven, and I have to give an account of some things that I did while I was in his body. But the soul, there's no sin on that soul. I'm going to have to pay for what I've done, but there's no sin on that soul. And that's what he did for us at Calvary. 
Now, brother, that, that ought to excite you. I mean, I may not be able to say it in a way to make you excited, but you should get to the place where, look, man, I am sealed, I am secure, I am safe, I'm saved. And I'm on the way to heaven, so that's good. Abraham, Abraham knew that. Back there, he knew, that he knew what was going on. John uh, 19, 16, he laid the wood on the... Abraham did everything he could to please God in what he was going to do to the point that he was going to give his son for a sacrifice. But his son could never be the sacrifice that was needed to be. There's just no possible way. What it took was God himself. Verse uh, 10. Abraham stretched forth the, the, his hand and took the knife to slay his son. That's exactly what God did. The, the Lord up in heaven is watching two things. He can see the future clearly out there. And he sees exactly what's going to happen in the future. He says he knows the end from the beginning. So the day that he created heaven and, and out there where all the angels were, and then later on down the road when he created the universe and placed the earth in it, he seen, he foresaw saw every bit of that. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He seen uh, Jesus Christ himself dying on Calvary uh, when he died on Calvary. He already seen that. Abraham didn't see that. God's sitting there watching the same thing. He goes, I'm going to do this. Will Abraham do that? Abraham did exactly everything that Jesus Christ did. Abraham laid the wood down. They laid, Jesus Christ was carrying the cross. The, the wood was on Abraham, Isaac's back. You read the account in the New Testament. Jesus carried his cross. They say Simon helped him. But he carried his cross to Calvary. Isaac, the wood was laid down by both of them. And then Abraham put it in order. The Roman soldiers put it in order. Then they laid G uh, Isaac on the wood. And then they laid Jesus on the cross. Abraham held his knife up. The Roman soldiers held the spike up. God stopped Abraham. He did not stop the Roman soldier. Because he knew exactly what was going to happen there. He says, where, uh, where John 19, 18 says, where they crucified him and two others with him uh, on either side and Jesus in the midst. Uh, and I mentioned that last time. Abraham acted on God's word regardless of the appearance. He never cared about the appearance. I mentioned this last time. I'm going to... It needs to be clarified 100% because our lives reflect. You always hear me talk about relationships. I'm going to talk about something in the morning service. You hear people talk about it all the time. I'm going to give you a clear example of it. Uh, the relationship between me and Jesus Christ determines what I'm going to do down the road. Without that relationship, I could never do what he wants me to do. He has something he, each and every one of us are supposed to do. Whether we do that or not is really up to us. It's our choice. We have a choice in life to do the right thing or the wrong thing or what we want to. Sometimes doing what we want to do is not the wrong thing. It's just not what Jesus, you got the perfect will, the acceptable will, and the good will. I mean, the perfect will of God would be exactly what God wanted. Uh, but the, God's will could be, I mean, he could allow it. You could still be in God's will and do other things. Regardless of appearance, it doesn't matter what, I can't believe he'd kill his son. I can't believe that anybody would take you do that in America today, and we'd end up in jail. You'd go right to jail. You would not pass go. Why? Because people sit there, and they get all emotional. They'll kill babies all day long. And they'll say it's okay for a woman to have an abortion, or, or anywhere from the time she, is, she conceives all the way up to the baby sticks his head out. That's okay. Uh, you can do that. Uh, we can force people to take a vaccination. We can do that. But, but don't come up here and tell me i got to believe in God. Don't come up here and say I have to do what God says. Uh, don't tell me you're going to do what the Lord says, and, and, but you can't affect me, but I can affect you. That's what they say, which is wrong. It's all wrong. Regardless of appearance, appearance is the thing. Lack of evidence. Uh, 
circumstances, objections, feelings, social pressure, who cares about a habit, customs, or blood relationship, doesn't matter. To, uh, Dr. Ruffin said you wouldn't hardly find a man like that. So now, verse 11. And the angel Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here am I. Now, I don't know about you, but he had the knife in the sky, and he's getting ready to drop it down on Isaac uh, to, to really think what's going on in that man's head at this particular time in life. Uh, I don't know if anybody can do it. Uh, but he was definitely in the act of obeying what God said do. And, brother, sometimes it just hurts to do what God says. Uh, we sit there and say, now, I'm going to tell you, after 43 years of this, I have realized over 43 years that to do what he says always works out right. I'm not going to guarantee you that you're ever going to figure out if it was right or wrong. Uh, there's some people in this world that, that they go through stuff in life that uh, I, don't, I don't know how they do it. Uh, I, I, because you know why? The Lord's never put that on me. Uh, we say, oh, I know how you feel. I doubt that. Most people could not tell how somebody else feels. Because uh, you have never really been through what somebody else goes through. Uh, to sit there and say, well, Abraham felt like, no, that's what you would feel like in that position. I don't know what Abraham felt like. I mean, I, if, if I'm going to look at me, I'm going to say, yeah, hold a knife up, get ready to kill my son. I, I would, I, at that point, I'm like, Lord, are you really sure? Are you really sure? Are you really sure? But I don't think Abraham was that way. I think he was steadfast in exactly what he was doing. Uh, Hebrews says that. He knew, he knew that, first of all, the Lord is going to bring him back to life. If I kill him, he's going to bring him back to life because he's already made a promise to me. So number one, he believed what God said and was counted to him for righteousness. He believed God. What's wrong with most Christians today is they say words. They've never went through stuff in life to get to the place where they believe him. Brother, that's a, that is a learned thing only by experience. Uh, to just say, oh, I read the Bible and I understand. No, what we're going to do, you hear somebody say, well, the Greek says. What they've done is they found another way to use their mind to convince themselves that they know what's going on. No. You know what you do? You get after a while. The Lord, in my case, he, he took the Bible out of my hand right after I got saved by a preacher. And he put the Bible back in my hand four years later by a preacher. And in the middle of this thing, he put a Bible in my hand that wasn't the Word of God, and it didn't do a thing for me. And at the end of four years, guess what? I knew which one was the Word of God. I didn't need Bible college. I didn't need Greek. I didn't need Hebrew. didn't need any of that stuff. God showed me which one was the Word of God. You say, why would he do that? Because I just believed him. And I kept looking and looking. You know, for those four years, I'm sitting there a lot of times saying, Lord, why won't, you, why won't this thing talk to me like it used to? I kept looking at me like there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. Nothing wrong. Why did the Lord wait four years? You say, well, that's cruel. No, that's just the way he does stuff. But for 39 years, I've not doubted that thing as being the word of God. You say, why would he do that? For 39 years, you're going to have to live by this thing. You're going to have to stand in front of people and tell them that they need to live by this thing. And the angel of the Lord called into heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Like I said, Abraham's in the act of obeying uh, the word of God. Uh, nobody could stop Abraham from what he's doing. Uh, except God Almighty. Abraham, uh, I think he was already committed. Uh, he, a lot of people say he needed to be committed, uh, but he did exactly what God told him to do, and God stopped it. Verse 12, and he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad. Now, I'm telling you what, you're probably talking about a heart dropping about this point, or maybe the, the stress coming off. Stress is a strange thing. A lot of people, we don't realize what stress is in our lives, but stress is, is in your life all the time. And situations dictate the amount of stress that you're under. And I've been in places where they've, I've had doctors and psychiatrists and, and uh, uh, 
psychiatrists and uh, all of them, doctors, whoever they are, lawyers, all them guys, they start talking about the stress levels in your life. And sometimes we don't really see that because we don't feel it. We don't feel it. Uh, or it changes so fast in our bodies that we can't feel it. And they got tests to show you how that you, you're either under stress or not under stress. And they look at your fingertips and the blood flow in your body. Your, your arteries and everything start shutting down or, 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 or uh, condensing constricting the blood flow to your extremes, your fingers and stuff, when you, as you get under stress. When you're calm, you're, you're perfectly fine. But boy, when you get stressed out, your fingers start getting cold and all of that other stuff. You can tell when you're getting stressed by just your fingers getting cold. Abraham was probably under stress like you wouldn't believe. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, stop. And, and he goes on, he goes, neither, he said, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God. Abraham listened to everybody else, and they said, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. God says, do it. Abraham's, everybody else says, don't do it. Abraham's in the middle, got to make a decision. Brother, that's where, that's where your walk is. It isn't any other word. Right there's where it's at. It has nothing to do with anybody in this crowd. It has to do with me. He reveals to me what he wants me to do. That's not you. That's me. I have people say, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this. Eh, sometimes they're probably right. But then the Lord is sitting there and saying, Mike, I want you to do this. And they're all saying, you shouldn't do this. God would never ask you to do this. I said, well, that's, but this is what he's asking me to do. And I think this is what he wants me to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And, and the decision boils down to me. Am I going to do what the Lord says for me to do? Now, if I do that and it doesn't turn out too good, and I realize the Lord wasn't in it, the honest thing to do is say, okay, the Lord really wasn't in that. <laughs> that was my flesh. But if, he, if it does work out and you know that it's the Lord's will, then what he just did is he put another stepping stone or another block on your foundation so your faith can get increased. It's really hard. Like I said, it's hard to imagine what Abraham was going through. But the Lord says, I now know that thou fearest God. When, when, if I fear man, and it's not just down on you, oh, God, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. No, it has nothing to do with that. The outcome over here, well, I'll fire you if you do this them farming. You say, would you really do that? Yeah, man, I'd really do that. I've done it. Been there, done that, got a t-shirt. Uh, I'll do it in a heartbeat. I mean, it's the job, the job to me, I know that this world is not my home and I'm just a passing through. And I know that people try to hold over other people things to make them do what they want them to do. And I said, you, I'm just not that way. I've never been that way. I can't be that way. I just refuse to be that way. Uh, and when it comes down to the Lord, I'll do just about anything for anybody in this entire world. But you put Jesus Christ between, uh, you try to put yourself between me and Jesus Christ, and I'm done. I'm done at that point. I'm gone. Uh, and that's where you have to get. I didn't do that day one, but I tell you what, I've learned that over the years. That's exactly what you do. It's hard to imagine what Abraham's going through at this time. Uh, one can only uh, speculate on his emotional condition. That's all you could do. Uh, Abraham did what he was supposed to do. Go to Hebrews. Real quick, we'll look at that one more time. These stories are, are true stories. I mean, brethren, this is stuff that really, this is history. This is history. Uh, and this is showing you a man that, that was a friend of God. And if you want to be a friend of God, it's going to take some time to get that. Uh, it's not something that happens all over uh, immediately. Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, by faith, Abraham, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which... Uh, he should receive, should afterwards receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went. So you can see right there that the first time God told him to go do something, it was to go do something minor. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you something. Here, I'm going to give you some land. And he went out not knowing whether he went. 
By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, uh, the heirs uh, with him of the same thing. For he looked for that city which had foundations, whose uh, builder, uh, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself uh, received strength to conceive seed, and that's what the Lord came up on the side of the mountains. And she was laughing. He goes, "Why'd you laugh? I didn't laugh. You liar! You did so laugh. I just seen you laugh." And, and she just, how in the world could you do that to me? I'm 90 years old. I mean, it just can't, I just don't believe it. It can't, but he showed her that that can happen. Uh, verse 11, uh, through faith, Sarah also received strength and she conceived. Uh, let's see. I don't know if it tells in there. Past eight, there's spring. Oh yeah. Uh, Therefore sprang there even of one, verse 12. And him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky. And he, and he goes on talking about Abraham. Abraham became a friend because he kept doing what God said do. Your life has to be done over a, of a lifetime. It's not just something, today I get saved, oh, you're it. No, that, that doesn't work that way. Uh, it's little bitty things. They all add up to big things down the road somewhere. And if you won't do the little things, you'll never get to the big thing. You'll never do it. A big thing is... a. a a glass of water is filled one drop at a time. I know you turn the faucet on and go, shh, but, but theoretically, it's one drop at a time fills that glass of water. And you can have a glass of water. It just may take a while to get a glass of water to get exactly what you want. Verse 13, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went uh, and took the ram and offered him up for a, a burnt offering uh, in the, instead of his son. So the ram was in the back back there. The substitute is now made for the substitution. So God provides a substitute for the one that Abraham was going to do, the substitution. He, they can't, you, he had to substitute something in there. Until God uh, became the sacrifice, and these are some of the things right out of uh, Dr. Roman's commentary, which I agreed with. Until God became the sacrifice himself, the atonement is incomplete. Brother, you can do all kinds of right stuff in this world. We can do right, 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 right. Uh, that isn't enough. There's a lot of good moral people. Right isn't enough. It has to be the Lamb of God that takes away sin's world. Nothing else will work. Uh, Abraham, that's why in the Old Testament they kept making that, uh, sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice until Jesus Christ came. You don't have to do it no more. Uh, the atonement is incomplete. Until God voluntarily offered himself, he cannot accept the sacrifice. Uh, Abraham had to wait for God to offer that sacrifice. It couldn't have been anything Abraham did. It, it has to wait for God. All sacrifices between Genesis 3 and Matthew 27 are temporary. Uh, that's just what, they're just a temporary thing until Jesus Christ dies on that cross. Uh, God was sitting there just looking, and Abraham is going to do exactly what he was supposed to do uh, on that cross at Calvary. Abraham going to do what he did here, and then down the road, this thing's going to take place, and God's going to finish it up at Calvary. But Abraham is sitting here doing it up here. He did not see that. You'll hear people say, well, they look forward to the cross. Abraham had no idea the cross even existed. What he knew was God said, I'll provide himself a sacrifice. Now, he could look over and see the lamb there, but Abraham still knew that God was going to take care of the problem. And, but Abraham still had to make sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. He turned it over to Isaac. Isaac made sacrifices. Jacob made sacrifices. It went all the way down to David making sacrifices. It went all the way down. Sacrifices still required up to the day Jesus Christ died. 
Uh, verse 4, God provided a priest class for the nation of Israel to offer sacrifices. That was the, the Levites. Interesting thing there. The tribe of Levi was brought out to do all the priestly stuff. Jesus Christ came through the line of Judah. Never did come through the, the line of the priest. Why? Because the priest can't do it. You got the Catholic Church. You know what they got? Priest. They try to take over after Jesus Christ, after the, the Jewish uh, religion stopped. The, the Roman Catholic Church comes in there and calls their priest. They all had priests back then. And they all, they all facilitated the, the duties in the temples that they had, whether it's Baal or whoever. Uh, but a priest cannot get you into heaven. God showed you that clearly through the, the Levitical line of the Levites. Jesus never come through that line. Uh, so he can't do it. Uh, no priest class before Numbers 113. Uh, Melchizedek does not offer a little sacrifice of blood, but only for a memorial. Uh, the entire body of born-again believers are priests. I, I don't know about you, man. Go to, go to Revelation. I can't, I can't, if you're saved, if you're in here saved today, there's just some verses that the Lord gave me as I was a young Christian that just, I mean, just made me happy. I'll say this and I'll quit. Jerry's over biting him. I can see him. He's biting his fingernails. <laughs> He's looking at his watch. I just watched him. He looked at his watch. At least his phone didn't go off. <laughs> he could do that. He, he, you ought to do that, brother. Have your phone go off at like 10 till. That way it'll get my attention and then we can make fun of you and you can say, well, if you'd quit, you wouldn't hear that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, go to uh, uh, Revelation chapter 1. And, 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 and verse 5, it says, uh, and, from Jesus, is that and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that washed, uh, loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and had made us kings and priests unto God, his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. I don't need a priest. I got one. That's me. Uh, I got the high priest. He's sitting in heaven right now. Uh, they say, my mom, I, I talked to him. I talked, well, we got to pray to Mary. Why? Oh, to me, why, why would, now if I could go talk to Joe Biden, which he probably wouldn't understand what I said anyways, uh, about everything I'm getting. But if I could talk to Joe Biden instead of Camelia Harris, I would talk to Joe Biden. Why would I talk to, to Nancy Pelosi if I got the opportunity to talk to Joe Biden? That just makes no sense to me. I mean, why in the world would I want to talk to a seaman if I can talk to an admiral? I mean, it just makes no sense to me. Uh, when I started looking, at, I'm too logical, I guess, in my mind and my thinking. As when I was a Catholic and being raised in that thing, I'm like, why, why would I want to talk to his mother? Well, you, you know, if you just talk to his mother, because you know how moms are. They're emotional. And, and moms can go and emotionally try to get, Jesus said, woman, what have I to do with thee? I don't think that relationship between him and her would have done you much good. Uh, because he just says, woman, he calls her woman, he don't even call her mother. He, mother, how are you today, mother? He doesn't do that. Woman, yes, ma'am. They can't, they can't do a thing for you. They have no, why, I got a high priest in heaven, which is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Why in the world would I go through them? But what they're trying to do is take his place. You can't do that. So, so, and Abraham could have offered Isaac, but Isaac could not take his place. You needed something better than that. And the Lord was trying to show Abraham, are you going to do this? Because somewhere down the road, through your lineage, through Isaac, through Jacob, through Judah, 
all the way down through Tamar, through Pharez, all the way down through there to David, through Bathsheba, down through Nathan, all the way down to Mary. I'm going to bring my son into the world. Already got that planned out. I'm just making sure that you're in the same game with me. You know what the Lord's looking for? He's like, are we on the same team? Because I already know what I'm going to do, and I'm going to hit a home run. Do you want to be on a winning team or a losing team? I choose a winning team. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Uh, thank you for everything our Bibles hold. Lord, what a truth. Uh, it's evident all the way through our book, Lord. Uh, it's just an amazing thing.